0: Hello and welcome to Navigating Nursing. I'm your host, Laura Whitehead, a registered adult nurse, a critical care nurse, qualified lecturer and fellow of the Higher Education Academy. And I have the pleasure of being welcomed today by Dina Afosu-Asante, who is a lead nurse for the healthcare support workers. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much, Laura, for the opportunity to share. Because
0: really, I contacted you on Twitter, which has been a godsend for this series, because I'd never never heard of, of lead nurse for the healthcare support workers as a role and and we're gonna and we're gonna get onto that a little bit in a minute gonna go right back to the beginning of your career were you always interested in nursing did you always know that you wanted to be a nurse
1: no so I was never the one that would say to you I've always wanted to be a nurse no actually my background was accountant I'm actually a part qualified accountant oh wow Um, yeah I studied accounting as far as doing my AAT and then that's um, a really my mom, long process isn't it, it one is. of my friends
0: is working his way through the exams and it's it's taken a while
1: yeah yeah so I did then um that was a while back saying that I went to college and did that and then halfway through when I got um a job as a payroll more like a bookkeeper I didn't enjoy at all I realized that a desk job wasn't for me so then that time my mom actually worked in the hospital and said why don't you try nursing and I was like I don't like hospitals but I'll give it a go because at that time I didn't I mean it wasn't going to cost me anything to go into nursing training all I yeah. needed to do was actually enjoy myself while was doing it so I took up a voluntary work within my local area looking after elderly care people and I loved it so from then um, I said okay fine then I'll go into nursing so that's how I actually started my nursing journey um, so then I did then do an access course to nursing because I had no background saying that I didn't do most of my basic training was from um, Ghana where I come from so I did my access to nursing training and then gained admission into the University of Surrey uh,
0: so how I did you find from... that access to nursing course did you find that it kind of set you up for your it
1: did it... in a way but because I felt like well I was kind of a mature student let's put it that way but it did um open my eye to some of the things not there clinical sort of nursing aspect but then the maths the literacy the numeracy Mm -hmm. because it was totally different so the academic writing and stuff was a good start to go to university because I hadn't done that for a while I'd only known sort of course accounting and stuff like that yeah it's a totally different yeah it's a totally different um, and then trying to get to know the anatomy and the physiology of Mm -hmm. everything so that was good to sort of do before going to university um, I would say
0: And was the University of Surrey always a university that you were interested in, or was it mainly where you lived?
1: Yeah, definitely. It was one of my top places I'd wanted to go to, um, only because first I wanted to move out of London for a break from mum and dad, as always. always always and then I felt that it wasn't too far it wasn't too close I was right in the middle I could just yeah. come on whenever I wanted and that was like me elsewhere. I could go
0: home and have a good dinner but I wasn't too close they were just gonna pop in there was no <laughs> exactly. popping
1: <laughs> exactly so I it was one of my top um sort of embrace I was pleased I got into there um at that time so yes And you
0: did the advanced diploma. And since doing your advanced diploma, you've also um, further done a degree in health and social care from the University of Greenwich. What made you pick health and social work to kind of top up that qualification?
1: So I never wanted a degree in adult nursing. That was my thinking. I said I wanted a degree that was diverse and I could move around easily if I needed to. So I did want something to do with health and if I wanted to move into social care then I could. That was my focus but I never wanted a degree specifically in adult nursing. Um, I want something that was a bit more versatile and I can change my career around if I really wanted to, which is why I didn't do a degree right from the beginning.
0: And I guess also that does give you that flexibility doesn't it with with roles in the future? Yeah. Since qualifying, you've been a clinical practice educator. You've been um, helped facilitating kind of educational development within the trust. Was teaching and education again an area that that you're always drawn to?
1: I wouldn't say teaching per se, but I've always loved to mentor students when I was in the clinical area. And even in my social life at church and other things, I like to just be a role model and mentor people. So mm-hmm. that was where my passion actually drew from. And then I looked at myself and I thought, what else could I do apart from mentoring people um, on the ward or supporting them? So I was I didn't initially see it as a teaching. I didn't know the core aspect of actually the role, yeah. <laughs> but I knew it was something that was going to get me to supporting um a learner is a bit more than just here and there I'm getting your odd student that comes in and then leaves and stuff so I didn't know much about teaching I didn't know what my skills was going to be but I knew it was something I was really passionate about and I could do it if given the chance so that's how I got into the clinical educator role really.
0: I think you've highlighted a really good point about you know you doing mentoring through your church I think some of the times we don't think about our skills that we have outside of our jobs do we we kind of almost treat within nursing like oh if it's not directly with patients or it's not directly with the hospital it's got nothing to do with like I remember my teaching job I'd done loads of kind of yeah youth work and volunteering and I remember my interview for my lecturer job and they were like, well have you ever you know taught lessons or marked? And I was like oh yeah I've taught loads of lessons and they yeah. were like why did you not even mention this on your application and I was like <laughs> oh I didn't really think it was relevant.
1: Exactly. So
0: I think it really raises a good a good point that we really should think of our whole kind of lives that's right when we're applying as it, as it really can help us yeah to even yeah. get an interview or, or get the job eventually.
1: Yeah definitely. And do
0: definitely. you mind just telling um, everyone listening about your job now as the lead nurse for healthcare support workers about what you do within your role?
1: okay so as a solid nurse for healthcare support and saying that I've only been in the role for just coming to two months oh wow <laughs> so congratulations uh, on your new thank appointment thank you thank you and the good thing is it was the same team where I worked as a clinical practice educator and a, a practice That's educator good. also not much of change but what I currently do now um it's actually focusing on our workforce which is the healthcare support workers so a good chunk of the work I'm currently doing now is looking at retention and recruitment because statistics and you would find or read that most of our healthcare support workers especially at imperial I would say sometimes when they come into the role they see it as the ceiling they don't find a way to progress mm. so the question is then they decide to start looking at other ventures and wanting to leave so part of my role is to make sure that they are aware of the career pathways that are available for them and mainly how I can support them to climb that ladder So I um, do so bespoke bespoke, um, sort of sessions about apprenticeship available in the trust, I would go and have conversations about what they actually want, I would also deliver teaching and training about care certificate which is a mandatory requirement for them to have as part of their development. in in the trust and again nationally as well. So these are some of the things, and currently I work really well with um, our HR process and recruitment to make sure that we have actually got a good process for them to be able to go to the wards and not wanting to leave because most of the times what we find out is Yes, they come into the organization. The first people they meet is probably just the ward. They don't actually get a contact with myself or any other person. Mm -hmm. And when they are shown into the deep end, as much as they've got the line managers, for us, it's nice for them to know that they can also go to somebody else, especially if it's somebody, if the person that's actually, I would say, troubling them is their line manager they obviously yeah. would feel very reluctant reluctant to go there
0: and also they might not feel comfortable saying to the line manager i don't like working here i exactly. don't want to be here anymore because yeah. then what's the line manager going to say okay yeah. leave we well, no, at least totally you yeah totally
1: yeah. agree because we've had quite a few scenarios and in my role, what I'll do is I'll look at other ventures so I'll speak to other departments and see if they've got vacancies rather than for them to leave. If mm. I've got an idea of what would suit them, they'll I'll try and liaise that for them as well. So that's a bit of a chunk of what I currently do now.
0: I think as well, I think sometimes it's hard for everyone to work out what else is available. And we've yeah. all done jobs that we haven't enjoyed and we've actually thought, maybe I'm going to leave, maybe I just shouldn't be a nurse anymore. And actually, when you find a role that you love and that you're amazing at yeah without that person to kind of facilitate that or make you aware that's right it's a really key process also because i'm a um, a program leader for a group of apprentice students oh, okay. who um who are now just finishing off their bs their adult nursing bsc and they've gone through quite a long process to to kind of finally you know develop and get their degree and, and become registered nurses and wow. i think if you'd asked all of them you know five years ago they would never have thought four years ago three years ago they would ever be able to be a registered nurse and actually the apprenticeship has given them that opportunity that's right and um, that wouldn't have been available before yeah, and was it a natural was it a natural progression for you from the education team to this current role what made you kind of move on
1: I'll say it was a natural process it's something that I've always been passionate about and to be honest even when I stepped into my clinical practice educator role At that time, the one that was in post, I could relate to her so much. I was really keen and interested in what she used to do. And I would step in in some of the sessions that she delivers and offer myself to say, yes, I'd like to do it if you don't mind. So it was something that I was always really passionate about. And I always see the healthcare support workers as much, I would say they are the most valuable people in our workforce. And I feel like if eyes are not on them, then as an organization, we are falling apart. And if we can build our workforce, our healthcare support workforce, then of course then we have a future for the organization because these are the same people that would, like you said, be trained to become nurses one day, be trained to become achievers. And if we can keep them and look after them, then as an organization we have a foundation really. So I've always been passionate about the role, really, and just really looking at that workforce in particular.
0: And have you got any advice for anyone that's in a leadership role or looking to kind of become um, a lead nurse?
1: Oh, I would probably say stay positive. Um, uh, This is my my key golden rule. It's not easy. The challenges are vast. Um, There are days that I was like, did I really sign up for this? (laughs) (laughs) Because you're dealing with a lot of people and if you're not, a well, first of all, be patient because things will not happen as you want it especially when you are trying to put in a project work or whatever, because your time skill or your priorities are not the same as somebody's priorities. Mm. So that would make you realize that actually I need to probably step back a bit and give myself time. But for me, key, stay positive. Whatever you find yourself doing, just have that positive attitude towards it and you would excel.
0: I think the patience is I'm the most impatient person that has probably ever been made apart from my sister, Lisa. Um, And I literally, I come up with an idea and I want the project done like by the next week. Like I came up with this podcast idea, but the next week I'd recorded an episode. So it's something that I'm having to learn even now, like through my nursing career that yeah, not everything happens on the timescale that I've got in my head. And actually it's not taking a long time. It's just, I wanted it done twenty four hours after the idea and actually it can take six months, it can take a year. That's right, yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. So I think I think the time scales, I think particularly as well when you're you've got a lot of people involved in a big project.
1: That's right. Yeah. And that that's actually, one thing I've actually recently learned really well. I think I've become a bit more tolerant in this role than my previous ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, tolerance. I think we've all got to learn. <laughs> and have you got any advice for any student nurses or any kind of newly qualified nurses at the moment?
1: Yeah, definitely. I would say, I think, and this is what I used to tell to, I used to tell my student nurses, I would say sometimes our expectations do let us not, let us down. Don't have such high expectations. I'm not saying don't have expectations, have some level of expectations. However, you should be open-minded and be willing to change when change happens. And I think with student nurses, again, sometimes their mindset. That's throw them off and the expectations. So what they've been told at school, they come in and it's not the same, and they feel like it has to fix around there. So I always say, be open-minded, be willing to learn as a student in particular, and just have that open mindset. Your expectations must be lowered if it doesn't make, if it doesn't meet, mm-hmm. if you understand why I make if that makes sense. Because sometimes our expectations will let us down big time if we're not careful. So I'll say have expectations, but don't set them so high. Be open-minded, be willing to learn. When change happens, be quick to adjust. Mm. And I think you would succeed with this in mind. And I think particularly like
0: a lot of clinical areas have really changed a lot over the course of the pandemic, haven't they? And that's right. And students have gone into placement thinking they're working on a oncology post-op yeah. surgery ward. Mm-hmm. And now it's a, a holding COVID bay. Yeah. And I've had students, oh, that wasn't what I signed up for. That wasn't what was on my allocation. That's... And we've just had to say, well, I didn't know that the ward was going to, in fact, no one that worked they... on the ward knew that it was going to change yep. until yesterday. Yeah. So it's that, I think as well as a student sometimes you're not always aware of the learning opportunities that are available within exactly. a particular area and maybe your perception of what elderly care is I'm sure when you were doing you know kind of your work before you started um, your nursing qualification elderly care or care of the elderly or care of the older person is so different and the skills you do are so different to maybe what the stereotypes are or what, exactly. what people's kind of judgments are yeah. I remember having a student one of my link areas was like on on a care of the elderly ward oh there's nothing to learn here no one's acutely unwell um I'm not learning anything and I walked around and I was like they've got a tracheostomy they've got they've got a drain they've they're on restricted rolling because they've got an off, they're on an ng feed they've they're on hourly turns and I like went through and I said so all of these things you I you've know. been signed off and they were like yeah no no I haven't at all and it's like don't look at kind of the age of someone or the condition that's right there's still that kind of wide breadth isn't there yeah yeah
1: I do find that a lot of students and say so they are not learning anything there's no way you would be somewhere and not learn anything because no. yeah. even us
0: I would go to a ward that I've never worked in mm-hmm. and we'd all learn something because yeah. I don't know yeah I don't know the particular... and I say that
1: to my healthcare support workers. I said we learn every day every day I meet you or every day I deliver a training session I learn everything so every day so you there's not a single day that you like it. it's just the mindset really the mind is a powerful tool and it's how you train it if you train your mind to say I'm not gonna learn today you're not gonna learn
0: that's very true so have you got any advice yeah. for any healthcare support workers that are listening to this podcast and maybe they're stuck in their career maybe they don't know what's available have you got any advice for them
1: so my advice is: first of all, they need to know that they are really valued wherever they find themselves. They and I always say to my health because I don't know, I never want you to hear you say, "I'm just a healthcare support worker." Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm only a healthcare support. Honestly, they are so valued. Without them, I don't know which organization would be running without healthcare support workers. No, none would. Yeah. Would they? If they ever feel stuck or, especially when it comes to their career development, and they need someone to talk to. They need to try and liaise, especially with their line managers. And if they can't get any joy, the clinical educators are there as well. And there is a lot of resources available on the internet. I don't think we do use our internet um, or I'd say our sources enough. There are so much resources out there. So they need to tap internet. I think with a healthcare support, because sometimes what i feel like like okay this is the information for you but you need to go that extra mile and look for things for yourself and then if you're not sure about then of course do approach someone who can support you to do that so key things is to go out there and look for information yourself because um, myself I, and i set myself an example i had i didn't have enough knowledge about apprenticeship even when i was doing my nursing no I don't know, it's, I mean, I think it's a bit popular now, but I had no clue. No. I didn't know there was healthcare apprenticeship at all.
0: No. Oh, I want to and I this, didn't and I it's been around.
1: Marketing. Exactly. And it's, I figure out it's been around for a while. It's just that we haven't made an effort to actually think of apprenticeship as a career progression. We probably want to do the traditional university route. Yes, and have that. Yeah, but for my healthcare support out there, um, workers out there, I would say, know that you are valued um, and disguise your limit the sky's the limit you can do everything you want really the sky's the limit nothing should stop them
0: and also I think you know your point about doing further research actually when you go to a senior or you know a practice educator somewhat you know your line manager you've got to have an idea of what you want to do don't you you've got to have exactly. even if it's just an idea of what you're interested in yeah or what you what your end goal might be because otherwise, you go to somebody and go oh actually I'm not happy or I'm not enjoying it or I'm not fulfilled Our next question always is, well, what do you want to do?
1: Exactly. And and even if
0: you've got no clue yeah by start doing a bit of research talking to colleagues maybe speaking to different people in different clinical areas can kind of listen to podcasts reading yeah. can kind of open your mind and give you okay maybe I'm interested in you know this type of clinic this type of speciality and then at least that can be kind of the starting blocks can't it yeah
1: totally agree I always say to them know what you want before you talk about it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no it's a fair point Because so I've student nurses go oh I, I don't know what I want to do and it's like well do you want to work in North London do you want to Go out of London? Do you want yeah. to go more south? Like you need to give some things. Otherwise, I, I'm just coming up with possibilities that might, you know, not be something that you're interested in or a speciality that you're not interested in.
1: Sure. Um.
0: True. At all. So, what are your kind of aims, your career aims for the future? You're just new into this role.
1: Yeah. I mean, my career aims. At the moment, I'm really kind of. L- wanting to settle into this role for a while because I really love it Um, but like you say with everything in life you develop and at some point you want to move on but my career aim is really looking at workforce redesign in the NHS I think there is a lot of um, avenues for development and changes but as we know the NHS is a traditional kind of um, how do I put it it's got its own set way so for example introducing nursing associates it's out there but it's, uh, it's difficult to introduce it in other clinical areas because they, yeah. they've never had it so um that We're is will be slow for change goal. sometimes aren't exactly we? yeah yeah so workforce redesign maybe um i would say in the future is my career goal looking at that
0: Well, thank you so much for giving your time, Diana. It's been fascinating to hear about your role. Yeah, as I said, it was something I I saw it come come on Twitter. I wasn't even aware there was a lead nurse for healthcare support workers. Oh,
1: interesting.
0: Yes. I know by saying that,
1: uh, since I posted that tweet, I had a lot of people that were interested in my role Um, saying, oh, what do you actually do? I was like okay I mean it's been in, at Imperial for a while so it's not new for mm. us as an organization but I was surprised a lot of people had not had a role like that in the organization but,
0: and really yeah. needed really really yeah, needed
1: definitely it just gives that focus on the healthcare support workers and then it just makes them a bit more valued you know I mean with COVID we haven't had a lot to do but then I mean in the past we used to have our healthcare support worker conference every year oh, wow. and it will be just about them yeah and again so we, that's
0: that's something that maybe conferences and kind of isn't something that's focused on i guess with the RCN, our unions it's tacked on isn't it yeah, Registered nurses yeah. and healthcare yeah. workers yeah so without yeah. having that proper focus
1: that's right yeah
0: well thank you so much for giving your time thank it's you, been lovely Laura. to speak to you
1: oh lovely to catch up as well thank you <laughs>